Alhamdulillah, wa kafa. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. All of you, mashallah, have come here to become an alim. But what exactly an alim is, it's very important that we should understand that. And you came here in order to become an alim according to the way of ulama Dioband. Who were the ulama Dioband? It's important that we understand that. Now, what is an alim? An alim is not the name of just some curriculum. That's called a madrasa graduate. You have two options here. When you finish, you will either become one of two things. Either you will be a madrasa graduate or you become alim of deen. It's your choice. How you spend the six years here will determine which of the two you become. If all you do is read and study and that's it, you will be a madrasa graduate. But if you do a few more things which I will explain to you today, you will become an alim of deen. An alim of deen. So first thing in Nabi Akrim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said, Al-ilmu nur. That ilm is a nur. It's all about nur. What does that mean? That when you have more ilm, you should have more nur. If you're in fourth year, and you have more ilm than you did when you were in third year, you have to have more nur than you did when you were in third year. If the nur doesn't go up, and just the information goes up, so that's not called ilm. That's called malumat. Even in English they have two words. One is knowledge, and one is information. That's up to you. You want to get information. All the information is there in these books. There are Islamic libraries all over the world. Well, they are full of Islamic books in Oxford and Cambridge and Harvard. Information is everywhere. This information you can find anywhere in the world now. You can get this information on the web. You can download all these books. But you didn't come for information. You came for that nur. You came for that nur. You had to get that nur. You have to work for that nur. You have to make an effort to get that nur. So, the particular method that you are getting ilm over here is trying to ensure that you get the nur of that ilm. That is the method of our Akamar Ulama Duband. The greatest feature about them was they got the nur of the ilm. That's the greatest legacy. They got the nur of the ilm. In fact, we tell people that calling them Ulama Duband is a misnomer. You don't do justice to them. They're Oliyaduband. That's who they are. Their wilayat was even greater than their ilm. Yes, that's an untold story, unfortunately. Their wilayat was much greater than their ilm. And all the work that Allah took from them and is still taking from them and building places like this, all of this is the rays of the nur of their wilayat. It's not ilm. There were great ulama in Syria and Turkey at that time. The same curriculum had been studied years before, centuries before. Just very shortly before the ulama of Duban, there's Alama Shami, Alama Ibn Abidin Abdali, who's considered to be the great Hanafi Mufti. Some even say he was the last person who could do ijtihad fil masail. If you were to ask the Muftis in Darul Duban, ask Mufti Zizur Rahman Rabtali, who was the first Mufti of Darul Duban, is your knowledge of fiqh more or the knowledge of Alama Shami more? And they're just 30 years separating them. He would have said the ilm of Alama Shami is more, because I myself give fatwa based on his book. So they felt like they were the greatest scholars of their century. They weren't. They were the greatest awliya of their century. Yes. They had the ilm of Alama Shami Rabtali or close to it, but more importantly, they had the wilayat of Shaykh Abdul Qadir Jalayin Aftali. That's the level of wilayat that they had. They were unparalleled in their wilayat. They reached the heights of their wilayat. That's the real legacy of our ulama Durban, is their wilayat, is the nur of their nisbat. It's not the curriculum, it's not the word Durbandi. Even Darsan Nizami that was made by Mullah Nizamuddin that predates Durban. The real legacy of Durban is their wilayat. And because they were so beloved to Allah SWT, Allah took every single work of deen from them. Whether it's tafsir, hadith, fiqh, ifta, siyasat, tabliq, dawat, tasawwuf, tazkiyah, relief work, even now it's continuing Islamic banking, finance, every single thing. It's unending. 
You will never find anything like that. Ulama al-Dilma in Africa, Asia, Latin America, North America, Australia, Europe, Norway, Germany, England, everywhere. China, Indonesia, Malaysia. Allah Akbar. It's ajeeb. That, that doesn't happen because of ilm. It never happened before. You know how many great ulama, mawra al-Nahar, that we study in the Hanafi history? Can you show me the jamaat of Hanafi fuqah, mawra al-Nahar, that Allah Ta'ala took all this work from them, and took all these works in all these different places of the world from them? It's not because of the ilm. It's because of the wilayat. Let me explain to you another way. What does it mean to be quote-unquote Dehubandi? What does that mean? Dehubandi actually means that with the first three generations who were the Akabir of Darulam Dehuband, what were their mushtarak sifat? What were the things they had in common? When you take their common set of attributes, if a person has that, they're Dehubandi. If they don't have that, they're not Dehubandi. Because they were different temperaments also, different outlooks, they had different lines of deen, as a Madinata, as a Tanvata, different views. So forget the different views. What they all had in common, their common set of attributes, if we have every one of them, were Dehubandi. Maybe let me explain more. First generation means, Mawlana Qasim Nanotri and his contemporaries. Second generation means, Hazrat Ashraf Ali Tanri and his contemporaries. Third generation would mean, Alama Anwar Shah Kashmiri and his contemporaries. These are the first three generations. I'll give you one one name each. There are some features that they all had in common. One of the most important features, the most important feature they had in common, was their wilayat. How did they get that wilayat? They all did it through one way. They became formally bear in a sulsala of tasawwuf known as tariqah. And they didn't just become bear. They associated with Shaykh, they corresponded with Shaykh, they lived with Shaykh, they learned from Shaykh, and they practiced formal zikr azkar. And they did so a lot, not five, ten minutes a day. They did so for hours, hours a day. And when they were off, they would do it for day and night. Hazrat Mulani Ilyas if you read his biography, he made so much zikr. It's because he was a wali of Allah Ta'ala, that Allah Ta'ala opened the work of Tablik for him. It's their wilayat. That's what's missing. It's, miss, it's become missing in the Pakistan and India graduates, let alone the UK and South Africa graduates. Hmm? That wilayat is missing. The ilm is there. MashaAllah, the top 20% of the graduates of Azadville and Zakaria, you do very well. You come in sometimes, you do takhassus in Pakistan, you do takhassus here. Some of you are going to Medina Manara studying with Sheikh Muhammad Obama. You do all types of things. Alhamdulillah. But that other has effort in wilayat that's almost non-existent. History of Darul Dilban, it's a recorded fact in the history that the Akabar felt that we won't give dastar of fazilat, dastar mandi, we won't wrap the turban of honor on a graduate until he spends one year with Shaykh. This is the beginning of Darul Dilban. They would not wrap the turban of honor unless they spent one year with the Shaykh. Then, after some time, they gave up that condition. And they just did tarheeb. They encouraged people to spend one year with Shaykh, but it wasn't a condition for wrapping the turban. Then, later, some time passed, then they said spend four months with Shaykh. Then, now the situation is that when the students graduate, they say, give bear to Shaykh. Hmm? That's the tarheeb that they do. So this is what we call nuzul. Huh? You know nuzul? This is called decline. This is called diluting. This is called watering down. The very thing that made our Akabir, our Akabir was their wilayat. And the effort they made to get that wilayat, that effort has now been watered down. That's why we're not like our Akabir. You're going through the same books. They don't have to go through the khassas. Huh? Some of these people, they love doing the khassas. Shaykh al-Adis, Muhammad, Zakir, didn't do any khassas. You can do all your khassas for al-Adis you want, see if you can write something like Aujas. You won't be able to write it. You won't be able to write it. Even there wasn't something like the khassus fil fiqh and ifta. It wasn't there. Hazrat Rashid Ahmed didn't do any khassus and ifta. And he's known as Faqiyul Asr. Allah Akbar. He is the jurist of his age. He had zawqi faqih. He had acumen of a jurist. He had insight. Where did they get that from? Hmm? They didn't get it from the khassus. They got it from their wilayat. They got it from their wilayat. Hazrat Mulani Ilyas they started a new derja in some places in Pakistan, the khassas for dawah. Hazrat Mulani Ilyas never had to do the khassas for dawah. He had his wilayat. <laughs> On the basis of his wilayat, he did this work. This is what the Akabar ulama al had. 
Our problem is that we look at who the Akabr were. We don't look how they became who they were. First things first. How did they become who they were? That's the first step. You can't skip the first step and go straight to the second step. First step, how did they become they were? Kasrat zikr They were all praying Tajr. Every one of them prayed Tajr regularly. Every one of them made zikr regularly. Every one of them made dua with their heart. Every one of them felt every single prayer that they prayed. First things first, this is what you have to work on. Until you have this in your heart, what are you going to do? And you know what happens if you don't do first things first? When you graduate, what are you going to do? You're going to start thinking. You're going to use your strategy. You're going to use planning how to do deen kakam. Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll translate it in English in a moment. Yes. It means that that person who uses their intellect and graduates and tries to use strategy and planning and tactics and what should I do and I'll do this and I'll do that or I've seen the elders do this and I can do that you're operating on the strength of your mind and your brain that's not going to have, that's not going to be sadaqa jariya it's not going to be a legacy when you die it will be buried with you in your grave but that person who Allah Ta'ala takes the work of deen from them that's on the basis of their heart you cannot do it. Allah Ta'ala will take you, take it from you. He will accept you for it. He will guide you to it. He will open doors for you when you get this reliance. Yes? You know, it's a big difference trying to knock on doors yourself and open them. Even if you manage to open it, if you all go through, you will have to walk on the strength of your own two feet. And believe me, when Allah Ta'ala opens up a door for you, things will be flying. Things will be flying. I'll give you my own example so you understand. I was in Lahore, so Alhamdulillah Shaykh gave me a responsibility to guide people to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So here we lived in Lahore, we did it. Then I thought with my mind, watch this, I thought with my mind that okay, Islamabad is nearby, and there's the same problem there that we have in Pakistan, that the English educated people in Pakistan are very distant from Deen, you wouldn't imagine. <laughs> They're like living in another world, <laughs> even though they're living sometimes in cases, footsteps away from Ulama and Bashaik, they can't go near them. They have strange preconceived notions, strange negative stereotypes. So in my mind, I thought I should go to Islamabad. And I thought I should do this, and I should do that, and I should do this, and I should do that. Never happened. <laughs> Nothing, never happened. I went, I would try, I would do a little bit of work, nothing happened. It doesn't work. When you use your mind and try to make tactics, it's not going to work. There's another city in Pakistan, Karachi, which is much farther from Lahore, right? It wasn't even the farthest reaches of my mind that I would go to Karachi. One day I was sitting, somebody called me up from Karachi on their own. I heard about you, I want you to come, this, that, so I went. Next thing you know, I was going to Karachi every month. Now, even though I live in Lahore, the mother we have for women is called Zainab Academy, and we have one in Karachi. Zainab Academy Karachi is larger than our Zainab Academy in Lahore. I'm like, me and my wife, we live in Lahore. <laughs> my wife personally teaches in Zainab Academy in Lahore. She, doesn't even, she just visits Karachi with me once or twice a year, but the one in Karachi is more. Akbar. And Islamabad, not even working yet. <laughs> this is the difference. When Allah Ta'ala opens up a door for you, when you go through that, everything will be smooth sailing. And when you try to open up a door yourself, on the basis of your own skills, your own talents, your own ideas, your own strategy, you won't go very far. When will Allah Ta'ala start opening up doors for you? That's based on this secret. You see, Hazrat Mulani Ilyas was a great wali of Allah Ta'ala. He understood. He was a genius and had marifat, he had both things. Hence he put ilm and zikr together in the same number. Why? Because he knew that if you have ilm and you don't have zikr, it's not going to benefit you. And if you have zikr and you don't have ilm, you won't be able to benefit the ummah. I repeat again, if you have ilm but you don't have zikr, it will not benefit you. You may benefit the ummah. You may end up giving talks, you may end up being imam, you may be khatib, but it won't benefit you if you have ilm without zikr. If you have zikr without ilm, you can't benefit the ummah. You can benefit yourself, you have zikr, you're taking care of yourself, but you don't have ilm, you can't benefit the ummah. So what did he want? He had a dream that the work of tabligh should do tajdeed. 
تجدید دین احیاء دین اقامت دین ریوائیو دین اسٹیبلش دین ہی نیو دیٹ ذکر ٹوگیدر If ilm and zikr come in one person's breast, deen will be revived in them. If ilm and zikr come together in a society, deen will be revived in them. This is the entire khulasa of who the akar ulama deoban warther. They were ulama and they were awliya. They had ilm and they had zikr. You know when our akar, they say that the alim is better than the sufi. It's not any alim. The zakir alim is better than the zakir sufi. Because the zakir sufi is only benefiting himself. And the Zakir Alam can benefit the Ummah. However, watch this carefully. The non-Zakir Alam, the Alam who is not Zakir, he's less than the Zakir Sufi. Yes, he's less than the Zakir Sufi. So it's your choice. It's your choice. Better that you become a Zakir Alam. <laughs> Then you're better than all the non-Ulama Sufi of the whole world. Imam al-Bani, Shaykh Ahmed Sirhindi, Mujad al-Fasanat, and wrote this in his Maktubat. Hmm? It's your choice though. Now the ilm part is guaranteed to happen because there's a whole nisab. There's curriculum, there's classes, there's professors, mudarrisun, teachers, they're going to teach it to you. The zikr part is optional. The zikr part is up to you. And it has to be that way. Nobody can force you to do that. Right? Because it won't have barak in it unless you do it on your own. Unless you want Allah Ta'ala on your own. Unless you love Allah Subh'anaHu Ta'ala on your own. Unless you remember Allah Ta'ala on your own. You have to do that zikr part along with the ilm. Now let me go back and explain to you who these ulama, awliya, dhuban were. First thing that they had in common with them was their wilayat. Second thing I told you they had in common was the way they got their wilayat through formal tasawwuf and formal zikr. Third thing, they had an idea of deen. What was that? That everybody who graduates, everybody who is farag, who is farag with tasawwuf alim, has to do four things. Number one, they must do the work of tasawwuf al-aqa'id. They must make sure their own beliefs obviously are correct and they must make sure in the masses, in the society, in the ummah people have the correct beliefs about Allah Ta'ala, about the Prophet about any and all of the areas of Iman. So the first task is Tashihul Aqa'il Second task is Husul Al-Ilm You have to acquire ilm yourself and to whatever extent the ummah needs to be served from the platform of ilm you have to serve the ummah on the basis of your ilm So that's why if you see our Kabir, it's incredible what they've done. There's no area of ilm they left untouched. Even the books they wrote for the masses. So much tafsir in Urdu, hadith in Urdu, seerat in Urdu, even books of fiqh in Urdu. You can find everything in Urdu. That's such a tragedy that now people don't even read Urdu. <laughs> a Kabir would be amazed that we put all the deen from Arabic into Urdu for the sake of the masses and now they don't even Urdu. Khair, because they have barakat and gubuliyat to Allah has made arrangement for people to put all of that into English. And slowly by slowly it's happening. So you have to serve on the basis of your ilm. Third was tasawwuf. Third was tasawwuf. That you have to f- keep spending your whole life trying to become the wali of Allah Ta'ala. Lifelong effort. These three things are lifelong. Tasih al-aqaid, husul al-ilm, and tasawwuf. Tazkiyah bit-tariqat. Formal tasawwuf. Then there was a fourth thing which is called khidmat al-deen. Now there are many branches of khidmat. You can do so many of them. Some of them did khidmat of the first three. Some of them would be in khatam and abuwat or different things they were helping out in the area of a guide. Some of them were writing tafsir, teaching hadith, writing fatwa. They were helping out on the basis of ilm. Some of them went on to be mashayikh of tasawwuf, teaching people zikr, Allah, Allah, tazkiyah. And then some of them did even more branches such as Dawah, Hazrat Mawlana Ilyasam today did khidmat of deen in an unparalleled way, taught people how to make Dawah, guided the people in the Madrasa and Khanqa and reminded them their asal duty is to bring the nur of the Madrasa and nur of Khanqa back into the masses. And then there are other types of khidmat, like relief and humanitarian work, Ummah Welfare Trust, Al-Imdad, etc., etc., Islamic banking, finance, it keeps going on. So many different khidmat. You have to do some type of khidmat. Some of you may be the one, some of you might do two. It doesn't matter. It's up to you. Whichever one you want. My teacher used to say in Urdu, Kam deen ki khidmat ki tamam shumah ke Kam deen ki khidmat ki tamam shumah ke Fazilat ki kaal hai Kisi ek ke abzaliyat ki kaal hai We believe in the virtue and merit of every branch of serving the deen. We don't believe in the superiority of any single branch of serving the deen. Alright? This is the way everybody loves one another. And in fact, if you have this understanding, 
If you even work in one branch, you will get the reward of all the other branches. That's what it means to do farda kifaya. So for example, a qari, he teaches tajweed and nazar to children. He can make this niyat to look. I'm going to spend my life teaching basic Qur'an to children so that the other fellow callings of mine can teach hadith, teach fiqh, go on da'wah, do tabliq, teach people zikr. If you make that niyat, then you will get sawab of all the other work of deen. Very simple. <laughs> you make niyat that you're part of the machine. You're a piece of the machine and because you do your part properly, then all the other parts are freed up to do the other tasks because you're doing your task properly. So it's a beautiful way. That's the relationship they had with each other. They had an incredible love and understanding and mutual respect for each other. If you want, you can read an English Abbiti of Azhar Shaykh Lizmah Muhammad Zakriyatah. There's so many anecdotes there and stories there and letters there that will make you feel it would be leaping up from the pages at you how much love they had for each other. How much love they had for each other. Now let's get back to the part of zikr. Allah Ta'ala said in Qur'an, Hal can those who have ilm, can they ever be equal to those who don't have ilm? Is it possible? What did Allah Ta'ala mean? He meant that you have to be different. Allah Ta'ala wasn't talking academically. That's not what the verse means. That can those who have knowledge and those who don't have knowledge ever be equal in knowledge? No. It's can they ever be equal in the eyes of Allah Ta'ala? So what did Allah Ta'ala look at? Inna akramakum indallahi atkakum. That the most honored of you in Allah Ta'ala's eyes are the ones who have the most taqwa. Even awliya who are there in awliya who in the muttakun. That the awliya are none other than the people who have taqwa. It means that the people who have ilm and the people who have don't have ilm, they can never be equal. Why? Because the people who have ilm will have more nur and have more taqwa than the people who don't. That's what it means. It has nothing to do with your academic learning. So then you ask yourself a question. Do I have more nur and more taqwa than the others? Hmm? And if you don't feel that, that you're not getting more nur and more taqwa, you're just getting more ilm, then you're not doing justice to this deen. You're not just doing justice to the legacy of our akabir. Our akabir ulama, awliya, duban, they made incredible sacrifices for this. Their whole life effort was to get this nur. Sometimes our mashayik and tasawwuf, they call it nur in nisbat. Nur in nisbat. Shaykh al Mulana Muhammad Zakariya said, ki jo talib ilm, اپنے طالب علمی کے زمانے کے اندر ہی اس نور نسبت حاصل نہ کریں وہ طالب علمی نہیں ہے yes. he said that student of knowledge who during the course of their studies during their studies by the end of their studies by the time they graduate they don't get the nur of this nisbat they're not a real طالب علم that's what he said Why? because طالب علم and the apostles al-ilm nur means you're supposed to be طالب nur that's the problem even the best of you have talib for the ilm. So you stay up at night, you do matala, you do takrar, you want to fix your ibarat, you do matala of the shuruhat, you recite well to your teacher, you discuss with each other, you ask questions to your teacher. That's the best of you. You have good talib for ilm. But you forgot that you're supposed to have talib for this nur. You're supposed to, you're here also to be seeking that nur. Means you should be trying to wake up for tahajjud. You should be making dua to Allah Ta'ala. You should be making zikr to Allah Ta'ala. You should be missing Allah Ta'ala, yearning for Allah Ta'ala, loving Allah Ta'ala, being a person of muhabba, a person of inaba. You have to have this nur. You have to be, have more talib for the nur than you have for the ill. Yes. You have to have more talib for the nur than you have for the ill. Because the ilm is the suburb to get that nur. One problem that some people have, and I'm not saying, because it's true for all mothers, that's what I'm saying. One pe- problem that people have in our whole fraternity of ulama and talaba is they believe in their mizaj. What does it mean? They say, Jibas, mera mizaj zikr wala nahi hai. Mera mizaj nahi hai. Mera rujhan zara ilm ki taraf zyada hai. Mera zara tahkiki mizaj hai. Or shabash. Huh? What does it mean? They say that my temperament isn't one of doing zikr. I'm more of an academic. I'm more of a researcher. My job is teaching. Listen to Quran. Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, Ya ayyuhalladheena amunudkurullahu dhikran kathira. Aapki mizaj kya hai? Deen naame apne mizaj ko mitana aur apne aapko Allah Ta'ala ki raza ke mutabik banana. Isko deen islam kehta hai. Aap alladheena amunu hai ya nahi hai? اب کہ ہمیں اللہ دینہ آمنو نہیں ہے تو میں کہتا ہوں کسرت ذکر نہ کرو اب اللہ دینہ آمنو ہو مزاج کو چھوڑو اور کسرت ذکر کرو I'd explain to you in English right? 
It means that our temperament, our personality, our preferences, our likes, they have no value in deen. They have no meaning in deen. Allah Ta'ala sent deen to erase us. Allah Ta'ala sent deen to erase our personality, to erase who we are, what we like, what our preferences are, what our comforts are. Allah Ta'ala sent deen so that we would remake ourselves according to His likes and His preferences for us. Allah Ta'ala expresses His likes and preferences for us in Quran when He says, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu. And when He said this to us, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu, dhkurullaha dhikran kathira. That means it's for everyone. Everybody has to do dhikr kathira. There's no question that no, the zikr is not my line. <laughs> You're Allah Dina Amanu. What do you mean line? There's nothing to do with lines. This is a big myth that people have. The zikr is one line, ilm is one line, tablik is one line, jihad is one line. This is a complete misunderstanding of deen. Complete misunderstanding. Zikr is your iman. You're Allah Dina Amanu. You have to do kasr with the zikr. There's no question of what line you are. Whether you teach tafsir, you teach hadith, whether you do tablik or you work in relief work, it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. The line is in number four. Now go back four things. Aqaid, ilm, tasawwuf, and khidmat. It's only in number four in khidmat where you can talk about lines. You have to do the first three. All of you have to do all three of them. There's no question of what line you are. And we have this problem with ulama also, with professors also, with graduates also. It's not a question of mizaj. <laughs> It's not a question of mizaj. This is what it means to be dhubandi. Yes, the first three judges of Kabra, they had mizaj. They had different proclivities, inclinations, temperaments. But they all did zikr kathir. There's no single one of them who would come up with this argument that zikr is not my line. And in fact, look, I'll show you one great alim. His name is Maulana Ashraf Ali Tanabiratale. He was perhaps the greatest student of his time. If he used his mind, what would his mind have told him? His mind would have told him, you stay in Darulam Deoband. You become a mudaris in Darulam Deoband. You become an ustaz in Darulam Deoband. This is what his mind would have told him. This is what other teachers would tell him. His shaykh, not an alim. His shaykh has a hajim, dadalam, hajim, makram. I said, you leave Deoband, you come to Tanabaha. And you take care of Hanukkah. It's like telling somebody to leave a very great madrasa and go to some small little place out there in the, whatever you call it in South Africa, the outback or the inner areas or the rural areas. Hmm? But he didn't use his mind, he didn't think. He trusted Shaykh, he listened to Shaykh, he said, okay, I leave Deoban, I go to Tanabhavan. And I go to Tanabhavan and I run Khanka, fine, whatever Shaykh says. So he did it. He ran the Khanka because he gave up his will and listened to Shaykh. Allah Ta'ala put all of ilm in his feet. <laughs> he accomplished more in the area of ilm in Tanabhavan than he would have ever been able to accomplish if he stayed at Dilbat. He became a giant in ilm. He became a giant in ilm. He wrote incredible works of ilm. Allah Ta'ala then sent incredible ulama to him in Tanabhavan. Mufti Muhammad Shafir Nantanay, Muhammad Zafir Ahmad Usmani Nantanay, Mulana Mufti Muhammad Hassan Nantanay. Oh, there's so many, I can go on and on. Mulana Khair Muhammad Zulani Nantanay, Mulana Idris Khan Nibir Nantanay. So many, many, many of them. They all came to him. <laughs> and they, and he guided them and he made them also write so many incredible works of deen. His own work and the work of his khulafa left a legacy of ilm unparalleled by any of our akabir. None of our akabir ulama duban have such a legacy of ilm as Hazrat Tanmi and his khulafa left. And how did he get that? By leaving duban and going to the khanka of his shaykh. Akul would not accept this. Akul would say, no, you work yourself up the ranks of being ustad darulun duban. When do you become Sadr Mudaras al No, no, he got a shan and a rank much, much higher than that. Much higher than that. This is who they were. This is who they were. So you have to work on your wilayat. You have to be talib of the nur. You have to be talib of zikr. You mean a lot of zikr. A lot of zikr. If you don't do that, then let me scare you a little bit. Because we've been in this field for 20 years now. I meet a lot of South Africa graduates and a lot of UK graduates. The ones who don't turn out right, it's not like they just don't turn out right, they turn out wrong. It's not like they just don't turn out right. They turn out wrong. They turn out wrong. Then they come to us, right? Because that's our line. They come to us, we try to help them, take them out of sin, take them out of that problem. We're amazed at what happened. You spent six years. So they say, yeah, I spent six years studying the ilm. I wasn't trying to get the nur. <laughs> Basically, that's what they say. That's the report I will give. This is their state. 
They spent six years getting the ilm, but they didn't make niyat of the nur. They didn't even make niyat of the nur. Don't make that mistake. It'll catch up with you. It'll catch up with you later on in life. You will only get what you intend. You have to make niyat of the nur of this ilm. And not just once, not the very day you come, no. Every single day, every single class, every single second you exist in this darloom, you have to make niyat of the nur of this ilm. Then this darloom will become darl anwar. Yes, the real darloom is darl anwar. That was darl anwar devan. Every single graduate was living, dripping, pure nur. Every graduate of the first generations of darl devan was the being of pure nur, the nur of wilayat, the nur of taqwa, the nur of sunnah, the nur of zikr. Pure nur. We have to become like that. We have to become like that. This was our main message that we wanted to give to you today. That you have to work hard on your heart. You have to work hard on your heart. You can't just work on your mind. In our deen, ilm is of the heart. Allah says, That if only they had hearts, yaqilun, the function of akal, that they had given that function over to their heart. If only they had heartfelt understanding, heart-based understanding. Don't just work on your mind, you have to work on your heart. That's the way of our akabra ulama duband. They worked on their heart. Our Mashaikh in particular teach zikr kalbi, particularly how to work on the heart. You don't have to be bad to do the zikr. I'm going to tell you the zikr right now. You should practice it. You can do it. If you have shaykh, you do whatever zikr shaykh told you. If you don't have shaykh, you can do the zikr. No problem. Zikr kalbi. Why did our Mashaikh insist on this? Reason is that because it's our heart that's missing. You see, when you pray salah, your tongue is making zikr. Your body is making zikr, it even goes into sajda. But if you say, I didn't feel anything in salah, so what was missing? What's missing is your heart. What's missing in your heart? Now can you imagine that the youth who are in university, it's the same problem. Can you, would you be amazed at the same problem that the university people have, and the same problem some darlam kids have, their heart isn't in it. <laughs> he prays, he says, I don't feel anything. You pray, you say, I don't feel anything. That's, what's, what's, where'd all the ilm go? <laughs> I keep telling you, more ilm means more nur. More ilm means more zikr. More ilm means you should feel more in your salah. There's no way you want to have riwayat without kifiyat. Nabi Karim Sallallahu has two things he left behind. Talimatun Nabi Sallallahu Sallam and Kifiyatun Nabi Sallallahu Sallam. Talimatun Nabi recorded in words and texts known as hadith. Kifiyatun Nabi passed from the heart of the Prophet to the heart of the Sahaba. Passed from the hearts of the Sahaba to the hearts of the Tabi'in. You need to get both. All of you would have heard the Sadith, because we love the Sadith. Al-Ulama'u Waratut Anbiya. The ulama are the legatees of the Anbiya. Listen carefully, because many people have misinterpreted the Sadith. The Hadith doesn't say, Waratut Anbiya Ilm. The legacy of the Prophet isn't just Ilm. The ulama are supposed to be waras of the Anbiya. They're supposed to get everything that Nabiya Karimson left behind. It's not just his ilm. It's his hal. It's his kaif. It's his jazba. It's his heart. You are not going to be a waras of Nabiya Karimson if you just have ilm. That's not what they're saying. It's not the only waras that he left behind. The ulama were supposed to be the heirs of the prophets and get all of the waraset. Ilm is one part of it, the taqwa, the zikr, the tahajjud, the dua, the tawakkul of the Prophet that's the real warasat. The way the Prophet feels in his heart, the feelings that he felt in his heart for Allah, you have to get those feelings in your heart for Allah, then you are waris of Nabi Kareem sallam. You think just going through six-year Torah hadith makes you a waris of the Prophet Because you roll off in your tongue the words that he said without feeling the feelings? It's not going to make you waris. Our deen is not about words and text. That's what the Salafis think. You guys are doing it the same way. Our deen is not about words and texts and books. Our deen is about people and hearts and feelings. Look, you imagine this. When Nabi Yaqlim said this hadith, All of you know that. Be in this world like a stranger to this world. Or a traveler on the path. What do you think happened? You think Sayyidina Abu Hurairah, he wrote it down? And he comes back to the Prophet the next day and says, Ya Rasulullah, look, I made it into text. Hmm? Well, if, the, if he had done that, what would the Prophet have done? He would say, Idhar abeta shabash. Give me that piece of paper, put it away. Don't give me back the words. The Prophet would say that, live that life. 
such that you feel in your heart like a stranger to the world and a traveler on the path. Bring me those feelings. I didn't say the words so you would get the words. I said the words to put a feeling in your heart. Hadith is about feelings. That's what they call sahib sunnah sahib sunnah means the person has the feelings of the hadith. You're not getting the feelings. Oh, when I said riwayat without kifiyat, iska fayda nahi hai. Kya fayda iska? Our entire deen is about feelings. Same thing about Quran. Same thing about Quran. There are three things in Quran. The first thing is the wordings of Quran. Al-Fadhu Quran. There are ulama who teach you those wordings. They're called ulama of tajweed and kiraat. Then second is the meanings of Quran. The ulama will teach you that they're called mufassirun. But the third thing is called the feelings of Quran. The whole purpose of Quran is to get the feelings of Quran. If you know the words and you know the meanings and you don't feel the feelings, it's incomplete. You haven't completed the project. It's incomplete. I'll give you an example. Imam Ahmed bin Hanbal, one of the great fuqaha muhaddithun of this ummah, from the Tabai Tabin, he used to sit in the company of Abul Hashim al-Sufi. So one day, one of the, one student of Imam Ahmad asked him that, Oh Imam Ahmad, you're such a great scholar, and you're sitting with Abu Hashim al-Sufi. He said, yes. So he said, why? He said, very simple. Ana alimun bi kitabillah. He said, I'm a scholar of the book of Allah. Ana alimun bi kitabillah wa huwa alimun billah. Yes. I'm a knower of the book of Allah, and he is a knower of Allah. You don't understand, I'll show you from Quran. Allah Ta'ala says in Quran, Ar-Rahman, fas'al bihi sabira. Ar-Rahman, Allah Ta'ala proclaims that He is all merciful Allah. The being of infinite mercy, endless mercy. You know the word Ar-Rahman. You know the meaning Ar-Rahman. says not enough to know the word. Not enough to know the meaning. Fas'al. You must go ask. You must learn, you must inquire, you must have talab. Talab for what? Ya Allah, you told me you're Ar-Rahman. I know the word, I know the meaning. Now you have to have talab for the feeling. Fas'al bihi khabira. Ab jaakar poochin jo khub khabar rakhta hai. Ki Allah Ta'ala ka Ar-Rahman hone ke jazba kya hone se aapke dil par jaakar poochin. Taaki aap bhi Abd-Rahman ban sakte ho. Go ask that person who knows deeply in their heart what it means. And how you should feel now that you know that Allah is Rahman. Learn the feeling of this from them. It's Quran. <laughs> Imam Ahmad did Amal on this ayah. That's why we were sitting with Abu Hassan Sufi. These great ulama, they used to practice Quran. They were living Quran. That's what he was doing. How many of you have done that? Huh? How many of you can say you did Amal on this ayah? Fas'al bihi khabira. But you've asked, you've inquired, you want to know. You have to get the feelings of Quran. That's why you don't feel anything in prayer. All of you know the meaning of Surah Fatiha, you don't feel it. You say, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. But does your heart feel the feeling of Hamd when you say those words? If it doesn't, its project is incomplete. You know, we talk about there's something called project management, project completion, it's incomplete. You got the words, you got the meanings, you didn't get the feelings. Incomplete. And if you get more words and more meanings and more words and more meanings in second year and third year and fourth year and fifth year and more words and more meanings and more words and more meanings and you still don't have the feelings. Incomplete. <laughs> Incomplete. And then you graduate and you got all the words and you got all the meanings and you still don't feel the feelings. Hmm? And what's the difference between you and the university student? Hmm? He's also not feeling the feelings. He would be stunned. We don't share this with them. He does, he thinks you guys have the feelings. Yeah, that's what he thinks about you. He doesn't know that you just have the words and the meanings. Hmm? You have to go for the feelings. And you can do it. This system can give you the feelings, but you have to have that niyat. It's just it. You have to have that talab. So you have to say, I've come here, not just to learn the ilm. I've come here to learn the ilm, to get the nur in the ilm, to put the feelings of the meanings of these books in my heart. That has to be your attitude. That has to be your outlook. Every day, every second, every class, every sabak, every takrar, every mutalib. Even for sarf and nahu, you make the need of the feelings. Yes? Yeah, all of it. Yes? Mantik, usul, kalam, everything you make need of the feelings. Our Mishayi teaches us when you do zaraba, how you make need of hitting the nafs. Oh. Madat. Huh? A new translation, huh? Huh? Zarapta, huh? You one man, you hit your nafs, huh? 
They too old to hit their nuts. We all hit our nuts. I hit my nuts. Hmm? Ah. Yes, there are people of feeling. Huh? If it was simply so simple, they turned the girdan into zikr. Yes, they turned the girdan of surf into zikr. That's this wilai. They can turn anything into the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. Anything and everything in this world is just a sabab to make them remember and remind them of Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. You have to have this talab, you have to go for the feelings. Six years is more than enough to get the feelings, but you have to try for it. And can you imagine the tragedy if you spend six years and you don't get the feelings? When you go out there, you will never have such a chance. You will never have a chance like this. That you live in a pure environment, an environment with the nur of Qur'an, nur of hadith, barakat of ilm, asatiz al-karam, mudarrisoon, mashayf al-uzan, you have shaykhs, you have shaykhs follow through. You have to go all the way. You have to take his words to get those feelings. Even something so simple, I will give you Musnoon du'as. When Nabi Kareem Sallallahu he recited these du'as, he didn't do so because they were sunnah. He did so because he had some feelings in his heart. And those du'as were an expression of those feelings. Now when we recite sunnah du'as, we're supposed to work the whole process. But we do it backward. We recite the words on our tongue. But the only reason we're reciting the words on our tongue is to inspire the same feeling that he had in his heart. And if you just recite the words on your tongue, you haven't gone all the way. You haven't done the full deed. If you know the words of a deed, but you don't feel the feelings. All of you know this. Be in this world like a stranger to it Or like a traveler on the path You know the wordings You know the meanings You don't feel the feelings It's not a full job It's incomplete Deen is incomplete without feelings We're not a deen of just texts That's another group who thinks That deen is just about texts and books And deen is not about people and hearts and feelings It's such a tragedy that we supposedly are the people of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah who understood that deen is about feelings and deen is about people. Alladina anamta alayhim siddiqeen salihin and deen is about hearts. But we also have become empty like them. <laughs> we also just have texts and books, riwayat without kifiyat. Yes, riwayat without kifiyat is a new trend of telling hadith. Hmm? You want to be like that the way of our kabir. It's not the way of our kabir. You know the fazilat of the alim over the Sufi is the zakir alim is better than the zakir Sufi. The non-zakir alim is not better than the zakir Sufi. Because the non-zakir alim doesn't get the nur of that ilm. Neither for himself nor can he give that nur to others. The zakir alim is legions above the zakir Sufi. Because the zakir Sufi gets the nur for himself but he can't help others. He can't help others. So you have to be zakir alim. وَذَاكِرِينَ اللَّهَ kathira. This is the warasat. This is what you are after. You need to make yourself from zakirin, salihin, siddiqin, sadiqin. Hmm? It's not just enough to be technically madrasa graduates. I believe I'm telling you from the bottom of my heart. I meet so many madrasa graduates out there, especially the UK and South Africa madrasa graduates. Some of you must are very good. Hmm? Some of you are very good. But some of you are missing that nur. You're missing that nur. And you came here for six years. And then I realized actually because you spent six years here, your intention wasn't to get the nur. You came to get the knowledge. And you left with the knowledge. You have to intend this nur. It has to be part of your niyyah. It has to be part of your talab. It has to be part of your yearning. It has to be your du'as to Allah Ta'ala. It's not going to happen automatically. It's not going to fall in your lap. You have to make it happen. You have to reach for it. You have to work for it. You know you have to work for this nur even harder than you have to work for this ilm. It's so strange. You know, especially the UK, South Africa, guys, they love to do the khasas. I did the khasas also, but I've never seen people in such love with the khasas. And some of them, they do the khasas, after the khasas, after the khasas. One year they're doing iftah, then the khasas fil hadith. I met one fellow, he said, now I want to do the khasas fil adab. I said, khudakimunni. Good deal, bring huh? me Why don't you work on your heart also? Deen is not about speaking eloquent Arabic or memorizing and reciting beautiful phrases of poetry. Hmm? First, get the feelings of Qur'an. You need to feel Qur'an. You know what we say in English? First things first. First things first. The first thing is to get the feelings of Qur'an and the kifiyat of those riwayat. Until you get the feelings of Qur'an and the feelings of Sunnah, you're still stuck on first sabak. You're still on first sabak. Feel it. We recite Surah Fa'ulam. Talabah say that we pray, we don't feel anything in our prayer. 
Ya Allah, you're praying Salah, you don't feel anything. Your tongue is making zikr. Your body is making zikr. It's going all the way into sajda. You're in an environment of nur. They say, yeah, I don't feel anything when I pray. So actually, you know why? Because you don't try. It's that simple. When you pray, you just make niyat of praying. That's it. You have to make the full sentence, I'm coming to pray in order to remember Allah Ta'ala and feel feelings of love and kurb for Him in my heart. That's the niyat. All you do is, I'm praying to pray for a kaat far the salat al facing the qibla. You didn't finish the sentence. Approach the prayer like that. That this is my zikr, this is my kurb, this is my muhabba. If you start viewing the prayer like that, many things will happen. But we don't do that. We just pray to pray. So you say, I came to pray, I prayed, I left. Yes. You came to do the motions and say the words, you did the motions, you said the words and you left. That's all you intended, that's all you got. People don't try. Allah says in Quran, make sajda and you will get kurb to Allah. Hmm? How many of us get kurb in our sajda? These great akabra ulama, you don't understand, this is an untold story to you. Somebody needs to share this with you. You hear all their wonderful anecdotes about their ilm. Nobody's talked to you about their wilayat. That's their real kubuliyah. Our akabr makbul in the law, not because of their ilm, because of their wilayat. Because of their wilayat. Because of the feelings they felt for Allah Ta'ala in salah. The uncontrollable feelings they felt for Allah Ta'ala in tahajjud. The way they would make dua to Allah Ta'ala. They would raise their hands in dua. Allah Ta'ala would change the maps of the world. There were people like that. Allah Ta'ala says in Quran, Inna min ibadillah. That there are some people from the servants and slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, aqsama. If they take a qasim with Allah ta'ala's name, la abarrahu, Allah ta'ala fulfills their words. <laughs> there are people like that. Imam Bukhara, he narrated this in his kitab al-jihad, to teach us that actually jihad is also going to happen when you have some awliya making dua for these things. Yes, that was his understanding. There are people like that. This is what you're supposed to be. If you really want to be Darul Uloom, you have to be Darul Anwar. It's easy to make a Darul Very difficult to make a Darul Anwar. Yes, it's the Prophet teaching. Al-Ilmunur. If you want to be Darul Uloom, you have to be Darul Anwar. If you're not Darul Anwar, you're not Darul Uloom yet. It's Darul Uloom was Darul Anwar Deoband. Darul Anwar. Every single graduate was dripping in that nur. Every single graduate was a minara, a minaret of that nur. Every single graduate took the nur and spread it all over the world. In every sphere, every field of khidmat al-deen. They brought their nur to tafsir, to hadith, to fiqh, to iftah, to dawah, to tabliq, to tasawwuf, to tazkiyah, to siyasat. They brought their nur into everything. They were pure nur, pure nur. By the time they graduated, you wouldn't just say, this is not just an alam, this is nur. We've created a being of nur. They have the nur of ilm in them, they got the nur of wilayat in them. This should be your dream, this should be your hope, this is why you're here. You should make an ali intention, hmm? a higher intention. Try to get a higher feeling from your studies here. This is our message to you. This is the area that we come from. And let me tell you that the sawaf is a fading reality. It's almost become a name without a reality now. Even in our own circles. Even Salakin and Muridin don't do zikr. How can I scold you? Huh? Yes, you don't even know. Even today Salakin and Muridin and Khanka who are bad, they don't make zikr of Allah SWT. Allah Akbar. So one last thing I will tell you is that because you're Talaba, there's one concession for you. You just need to do a little zikr. Yes? Because all the time you're studying ilm is a type of zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the formal, re- practical, palb zikr of Allah ta'ala. So our mashayik, they teach a type of zikr called zikr al-kalbi. You don't need to be bad to do the zikr. No need. Anybody can do zikr al-kalbi. So I'm going to teach it to you. Two ways you will do zikr al-kalbi. One our mashayik teaches that when you're out there, when you're not doing ibadah, when you're shopping, you're sitting, when you're studying in class, when you're teaching, your heart should keep remembering Allah Ta'ala. All you have to do to do the zikr kalbi is just niyat. We make our tongue do zikr by making it move and say words. We make our kalb do zikr just by doing niyat. Yes, niyat is zikr, so zikr naseeb hai. You would just make intention that, Ya Allah, whatever I'm, I'm studying, my heart is also remembering you. I'm teaching, my heart is also remembering you. I'm eating, my heart is also remembering you. I'm doing laundry, my heart is also remembering you. Whatever you do, you make this niyat that, Ya Allah, my heart is also remembering you. 
Look, Allah Ta'ala says in Quran, forget the laba, businessmen. Rijalun la tulhihim tijaratun malabbe'un anzikrillah. They are such rijal, marbde moment. They are such people. Even when they are working in the dunya, earning the dunya, buying, selling, bargaining, negotiating, tijara, bay'ah, none of that can distract them from the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. So you have to up your game here. It, yes, at one level, just studying the ilm is zikr. Why do you settle for that? You should be going for gold. Yes, studying the ilm is zikr, but try to make your heart do zikr as well. This is called istihdar. Try to have presence of heart in what you're doing. Try to keep consciously remembering Allah on your heart while you're studying, while you're teaching. Try to do that. So it doesn't require extra time. It's a zikr that you do along with everything that you do. And the second way our mashayikh teaches zikr al-kalbi, that's called muraqabah. Muraqabah, what does it mean? Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, لَتَانَ alaykum rakiba. Allah Ta'ala is rakib on us. Rakib means Allah Ta'ala is intensely vigilant and watchful and aware of us. Muraqabah, those you study sarf, mufa'ala, janabain, it means to make it two ways. But if you are rakib of me, I want my heart to be rakib of you. I want to be intensely vigilant and watchful on you. Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, فَإِنِّي قَرِيب That he is qareeb to us. Muraqaba, Ya Allah, I also want to be qareeb to you. I want to feel this qurb. هُوَ مَعَكُمْ أَيْنَ مَا كُنْتُمْ I want to feel this ma'iyya. So this zikr requires some time. But for you, 5, 10, 15 minutes and 24 hours will be enough. Be enough for you. Enough for you. The way you do is you sit in the zikr, Remember your Rabb inside yourself, inside yourself is your ruh. And where do you remember Allah? In the qalb, in the spiritual heart, the heart of your ruh. That's why some ulama of tafsir, there are fi qalbik, in your spiritual heart. With longing, humility, silently, secretly. That's it. You just make this niyat. And then what you need something to focus on, Allah said in Quran, وَذْكُرْ إِسْمَ رَبِّكَ Make dhikr of the name of your Rabb. The name of our Rabb is Allah. Why make dhikr of His name? Because His name has barakah, tabarakah, smurabbik. Full of barakah is the name of your Rabb. What is the barakah in this name? Ism ka zikr se musamma ka zikr naseeb hota hai. When you remember the name, you actually remember the being who is named with that name. So you simply sit there and make niyat that your kalb is making zikr. Allah, Allah, Allah. And you, you withdraw your awareness from everything in the world. You're unaware of everything in the world. You're unaware of yourself. The only thing you're aware of is your kalb saying Allah. That's it. It's not meditation. Meditation is disconnect with the world and connect with yourself. Zikr. Disconnect with the world and disconnect from yourself and connect with Allah. It literally means to cut yourself off exclusively from everything and remember Allah's name exclusively. You practice the zikr. And this will inshallah bring your heart back into the game. Your heart will come back into ibadah. Your heart will come back into your talawah. Your heart will come back into dua. Your heart will come back into your sabak, takrar, mutala. Your heart will come into your tadris, your nazam, intizam. You will become kalbi. You will become kalbi. Allah bi zikrillahi tatwa innal qulub. May Allah ta'ala accept all of you for every intention that you have made, every intention that your satas make for you, every intention that all of our akabir mashayikh and akabir ulama and kibar uliya made for this ummah. May Allah ta'ala accept us for every single niyat and dua that Nabi Kareem sallallahu himself ever made for this ummah. May he make us true to the expectations of our elders. May he make us be true to the legacy of this ummah. Wa akhir da'wana. And alhamdulillah, hiram bin alam.